You're listening to Fed Talk Season 2, Episode 1. Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Chrisman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week, I want to bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide you resources to better your practice in your theater classrooms. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to season two of Fed Talks. This is our first episode of the new season. Um, hope you all are enjoying the beginning of your school year and you are getting to know your kids and you're doing all kinds of great activities and, and teaching all kinds of new lessons. Many of you are probably already in the throes of auditions for your first production of the year and uh, preparing for competitions and and all kinds of things going on in your school and your state. So welcome back. I'm excited to bring you lots of new interviews. We've got some exciting things coming up this semester with, uh, uh, here I am talking in terms of school, but that's what we do, right? Um, But I have some great guests coming up. I've got a couple of Tony winners. I have... um, some teachers from all over the country who are going to give us lots of tips and, and tricks for, for technical theater for those of us like me who are non-technical theater people. So I hope you are looking forward to that. I have uh, some guests coming on eventually to kind of talk about some uh, topics in education and theater education and kind of debate those things with me and just kind of uh, flesh out our thoughts on those and to give you some information. Also, my student teachers who are currently in the field are uh, very excited to get on here and talk to you about uh, their experiences, their their trials, their their joys, and uh, as they get their, their feet wet, um, preparing them to go into the classroom on their own starting in, uh, in January. So looking forward to talking with them, um, as well as just bringing you all kinds of, of great new information and great new tricks and tips that you can use in your classroom. As always, you can email me at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on most of your social media, but you can also visit our website at www.fedtalks.com where you can find all of our past episodes from season one, everything that will be coming out this season um, with all the transcripts and um, all the resources and, and suggestions that all my guests have had on the show. So please check out the website, fedtalks.com, and you can email me anytime at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com if you have ideas for show topics, um, if you want to be a guest on the show or want to provide me with a, a, a connection that you have for someone to talk to on the show. So please do not hesitate reaching out. I am excited to bring you the first of several interviews with a couple of Tony Award winners that I did over the summer. Uh, the first one will be with Marilyn McCormick. She was the second Excellence in Theater Education Tony Award winner in 2016. She is now retired from uh, Cass Technical High School in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, it was a lovely chat with her, and I hope you enjoy uh, hearing what she has to say as much as I did when we chatted. Thank you. Thank you to the American Theater Wing and to the Broadway League, to Carnegie Mellon University, the principal of my high school, Cass Tech, Lisa Phillips, my personal assistant, Charles Coward, and to my family. Thank you to everyone in this theater who creates art, 
art that is used to inspire my students. And I'd like to thank my students who have been an inspiration over the years to me. Because you are, I exist. I am because you are. You are the next Lin-Manuel Miranda. You are the next Audra McDonald. My students are the next Joshua Henry, Kevin Collum, George C. Wolfe, and Paul Tazewell. You have allowed me, my students who are here tonight, to awaken every day to do exactly what it is I love to do, to do the thing that I think I was born to do. And whether you realize it or not, each and every one of you has touched me in a very special way and helped to make my life complete. And as I end my 39 years of teaching in theater, having a career doing that, there is no better way to go out than with this Tony Award in a time where there's so much diversity among the nominees. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you. I am super excited to talk to you. Um, I, I know we have a, 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 an acquaintance in common, uh, Tamara yeah. Pilar. Yes, I had the privilege of working with her several years ago on Rent um, in our regional premiere of that down in South Carolina. And she was just an absolute dream to work with. Oh, that's so good to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. so Marilyn, I am. I have just... A slew of questions I want to talk to you about. Um, I know you are retired. Um, you have you were yeah. at Cass Technical High School for forty years. Is that correct? That's correct. That is a super long and wonderful sounding career. <laughs> yes, I was fortunate. I was I was very very fortunate. I was just saying that to someone yesterday. Um, there, I I can't name many people who were. Uh, as fortunate as I was in that I came in at a time where the arts were being appreciated in the school system. They were looking for teachers to do that. I was there. They wanted a program and I was able to step in and start, you know, and build on to something that was already finally established. That is so awesome. That is really, really, really cool. Yeah. I don't think I would have stayed. Um, I, I, I wouldn't have stayed as long if it had not been, you know, like ideal, those ideal circumstances. Right, right. Well, that's amazing that it, that it was that for you. So, so talk to me a little bit about your journey to get there. Um, I, I, I know you, you, you went to school there. It was in Detroit. Y yes. As a matter of fact, um, my parents, you know, you know, our family was, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. My parents, uh, we moved to Michigan because my dad got a job. Um, he was promoted and he was working for the state of Michigan. And I was going into high school at that time. So we didn't really know much about, you know, the schools in Detroit other than Cass was supposed to be a really good school. And that's where I ended up going to high school. So I did my three years at Cass, went on to college at Bowling Green. Mm -hmm. um, and I majored in theater. And that was 
sort of like a fluke because I didn't know what I was going to do. I was one of those people who was just sort of, that was the 70s. And, you know, <laughs> we were just living, living our <laughs> lives and doing what made you happy. <laughs> and my parents went along with that. You know, I had um, eight siblings, eight brothers and sisters, five of us were in college at the same time. Wow. I think they just, they wanted us just to be in, stay in school. It didn't much matter to them what we did, long as we got a degree. And I ended up doing theater because it was something I loved. I, you know, my parents, they took us to see plays and opera and ballet. All of that was just part of our growing up. So, it just I guess it was a natural outgrowth for me to get involved in it, to enjoy it. I never intended to teach. I thought I was going to, you know, move to New York and become rich and famous and be on Broadway, whatever that meant. Right. <laughs> and then reality hit when it <laughs> as it became closer to graduation and just the realization that, you know, it's not a game. This theater thing is real. It's a job. It's work. And that's when I realized I had to do something in order to be able to be employed afterwards. Because that I also had the realization that my parents weren't going to continue to support me and my siblings uh, <laughs> forever <laughs> and ever. I, um, after I graduated from college, I got married like six months later and my husband was a singer. He sang with groups here in Detroit. So I, we kind of got caught up in that whole, oh, he's going to be a singer and we're going to travel. And so somebody had to make some money. My mom suggested that I go get hired as a substitute teacher I went in, they talked to me about, you know, what my major was in college and what I was going to do. And they said, well, we have a theater program here. They put me in a cast and I never left. That's fantastic. That is just really fantastic. <laughs> um, I, I, when I was in my undergrad, I, I did not go in um, planning to teach theater either. And um, I just happened to fall into it uh, through a friend asking me to audition for a show during my freshman year with her. Um, and I did. And I, she and I were cast in the leads. And then she told me, she said, you should really take this creative drama class with me. So I was like, sure, why not? So I did. And I yeah. knew immediately, I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I get it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't that something how, if nothing else, once you, you know, get touched by it, once you smell that grease paint, no matter what else is out there, you can't leave that alone. Right. You know, there's something like just contagious about it. Well, now, I, I, in, in doing my research about you and doing a little bit of reading about you online and, and watching some interviews, um, I know you, you had a really, a really strong program at your school, and 
you you did you did some traveling and you did a lot of work with your students to to get them out there and to get them seen. Um, so can you talk to me a little bit about that? Because I know you, you used to take your students to the Unified Auditions, if that's correct. Yes, that's correct. I, that is. I did that um, with one student and it exhausted me. So I want to hear how you did that with multiple I, students multiple times. I started, I don't even know when we began going to, it was when we first started going to Unified, it was called the Consortium. And uh, there were like maybe nine or ten schools in it at that point, the conservatories, University um, North Carolina School of the Arts, Boston, uh, Southern Methodist, excuse me, Southern Methodist University. There were ten schools originally. And what happened was I had met Charlie Helford from SMU at some event somewhere, and you know how you sit at the table and you just talk to people? And we were just chatting it up, and he was telling me how these schools get together, and they were looking at that point for minority students because there weren't many that were applying for the conservatories. And he wanted to know, you know, if I had those students coming from Detroit and whatnot. And he, and he sort of walked me through the whole process. And I took that first year two students to Chicago with me, you know, just let's try it. You know, like I was up for that challenge. And we went and not only were we, you know, was it a good experience, but we were kind of successful. And those two students then were came back, we came back to CAS and they were telling everyone about the experience and how everyone has to do it the next year and I said, okay, we'll add a few more. And each year, I would take a few more, a few more. Um, the most I ever took, I think, may have been 12 students. I did it for maybe 15 years. Wow. It was um, not something that was supported financially by the system, mm-hmm. by our school system. However they supported me in terms of making sure that, you know, like I got the days off of work, right. to take the kids. Uh, when we needed to have fundraisers, they approved those. So we used to sell flowers and potato chips and everything just to raise money for transportation. The schools that they auditioned for were really generous and they would waive the uh, audition fees because, um, you know, most of the kids were Title I kids. Mm-hmm. They weren't Title I labeled then. But, you know, everyone was like kind of working together to make this happen. And all I had to do was make sure those students were prepared. We used to, um, <laughs> when I first was going, uh, we used to sleep in the van. I would rent a van. And then we'd drive over to Chicago, and we couldn't afford to stay in the hotels and things. So I would make it so that we would drive over there, get there early in the morning, sleep in the van, go inside when it was time for the audition. And I'd tell them, go in the bathroom, clean up, brush your teeth. <laughs> and everything. <laughs> oh, 
it was, you know, the kind of stuff I could go to jail for now. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's what we did. And, and those kids were going in and they were auditioning and they were solid. And the schools rewarded them for their hard work. And I had students going to those programs on full scholarships. It was like, you know how they recruited athletes. It was like that for us. And how cool for it your students. A lot of work. Yeah, how cool for your students to see their work valued. Yeah. Yeah. And as a teacher, you had to be extremely proud and and feeling that your work was also valued by that. Yeah. I yes. Yes, indeed. So Yeah. Um, I want to. We're going to talk about the your Tony Award in just a little bit because um, you are Tony winning Marilyn McCormick. Um, but before we get to that, I want to I want to touch on a little something that you were just talking about um, as far as the the diversity um, in your students. And uh, I I from what I understand in our emails back and forth, you were watching the Tonys last night as well. Um, yeah. And just the. I was I was super excited about um, Hades Town in particular and uh, yeah, um, ain't too proud. Um, and then just the diversity represented all last night. And I was uh, okay. I, I I get tired of seeing um, all the straight white men winning the awards. So last night was exciting. Um, I still think we have a long way to go. Yeah. Um, but talk to me about uh-huh. that that work with the um, that your work in the celebration of diversity and what you did with your students and how important representation um, with you as a, an African-American woman to be with your students to, and then for them to see your success um, as you went on and with your career. And, and we, we put the Tony as the icing on the cake, but you really your career is what led you to that and, and to be celebrated for that. So can you talk a little bit about that for me? <laughs> Last night when I was watching the Tony, I, I thought, Wow, this is really an amazing thing that happened to me because I, it was never a plan. You, you know, I right. never planned to teach. I never planned to, to do any of that. And so for, I was watching and I thought, this is amazing that somebody, somebody recognized my passion for this as being worthy of recognition. That's, man, it's just uh, kind of overwhelming, even now when you ask me about it. Um, I, I simply was doing what I love. And, and I felt also, uh, I did, I do this because I know there is a voice among black women black people that needs to be heard that is not we have stories to tell mm-hmm. stories of human events that don't get told or aren't understood and to be one of those storytellers a person who's responsible for helping other people tell those stories for directing them is an honor and it's a necessity i um Dominique Maruso is one of my former students. And I, I look at her work and, and how, you know, she has decided to tell this Detroit story 
and how people are gravitating to that. And the fact that, you know, we live in a society that's not like closed off. People want to know about each other. And I, those of us who can have an obligation to tell those stories, to speak for ourselves or to speak for the voiceless. I'm just, I'm thankful that there are, there's the American theater wing that is, has people on it that are willing to listen, who want to hear these other voices. You know, it's nowhere near where it ought to be, but at least we're in the back door. We're, we're in the house now. We used to be standing in the yard. <laughs> and now we're inside. And I think, I think that's just a big deal. It's a necessary deal. And, um, yeah. Did I answer anything that you asked? You absolutely did. Thank you. Um, so I, I had the, the, the pleasure of interviewing Corey Mitchell, um, the, the gentleman who won the year before you, um, about his experience, um, at the Tonys and, and kind of leading up to it. And I would just love to hear a little bit about your experience of when you were there in New York and kind of getting there and your red carpet experience and then just the whole evening and how, how that was for you. I was over the rainbow. I, <laughs> You know, like, what's on the other side of the rainbow? That that night, that experience, that thing. I don't even know how to put it into words. Uh, prior to it happening, I was at school directing a show, and, uh, and, and my principal sent for me. And she said, come to my office right away. And I thought, nobody ever calls me to the office. You know, <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? And then I thought something happened to my kids who, who are grown. But I thought something must have happened to my family. Security came and got me. And I was like, what is, what's going on? And, I, I, and at one point I said, I'm not going. I'm not going down there. <laughs> if she needs to talk to me, she could come here. And they were like, Ms. McCormick, you have to go to the office. I kept saying, no, no. And then anyway, I went, and he said, sit down, have a seat. Uh, you have a phone call. We have a phone call that you need to take, and you have to take it in here. And I was like, uh, Ms. Phillips, I, I don't know what's going on, but whatever it is, you know, I didn't do it. <laughs> I, you know, I just kept saying, I didn't do anything wrong. I, I haven't done anything wrong. You know, so, and she said, just wait, wait. And then the call came in and they said they were calling from the American Theater Wing and they wanted to let me know that I had been nominated. For, and I was like, what? What? Who? <laughs> what? And I just remember like key words, nominated, student, um, Excellence in education. I was like, what? Carnegie Mellon, what? Who? What? <laughs> and then it all came together and she was laughing. And I turn around and there are all these students in her office because she had gathered them all. They all knew. Oh. I had no idea. And I was 
I, I just looked around and I, I think, I hope I sent you some pictures of that moment where they were just standing there. There were kids in her office. I was sitting down and she was sitting there and, you know, they knew and I had no idea. So that was that particular moment. And I found out, you know, I knew about the, the actual, um, nomination and all of that kind of stuff. I didn't think I had been nominated. Nobody told me it was not something I was like, I want to get an award or <laughs> anything like that. That's for those other people. You know, I, I'm a teacher. That's what I do. I, I teach. Right. So that was just not something that I was even expecting to have happened to me. And then it happened. And for that next year, it just seemed like for since then, it's been unreal. You know, I started, people started interviewing me, asking me, why do I teach? What, what is this, this theater thing? How many kids have been impacted by it? And, and it was then that I started to realize exactly what has happened over the 40 years. And how many lives have been changed. And the fact that the arts make a difference, that they help people to understand who and what they are. And they give them a purpose. And, and that it shows them how to take their passion and direct it in some direction. Everyone's not going to be on the stage. But it certainly gives them an opportunity to realize and come to some understanding of their self, who they are in this world, and the impact they could have. That's what this has done for me. It has helped me to understand my purpose, and that is to make people see their purpose. Oh, I love that you know? so much. I love that so much. And it's really cool, too. It is, you know, um, I, they are the American Theater Wing, again. Um, they've been so good. Like, they, they stay in touch with me, invite me to events. Uh, my students, they're still good to my former students. They in, involve them in events. They have them speaking. And we are now a voice to be heard, not quite reckoned with, but at least we are now being heard. And, that, and that's just so meaningful. That's awesome. That is That is fantastic. Well, speaking of your students, and I, I know you're retired, uh, but when you were in the classroom, and yeah. even even now, because from what you said, you're still—I mean, your students are still their their voice still being heard. What what do you yeah. what do you see as the greatest need in our young people right now, um, and how can we as theater teachers help them? I think uh, what do I see as the greatest need? Just the opportunity to for them to be able to express themselves they need more creative outlets that aren't necessarily um, the result of watching television do you know what I mean I do. Like they need more experiences where they can go out and, and sit in the grass and watch the grass grow and then talk about it and be encouraged to know that it's okay to, to have thoughts that aren't like everyone else's. 
and, and to be able to express them in constructive ways. I think part of what's going on in our world today is the fact that uh, individualism and imagination are not encouraged, and we need to encourage that. We, as teachers of theater, need to teach people that it's all right to be different, to dream, and to know that those dreams can become realities. Well, talk to me a little, maybe a little bit about some of your, your favorite stories from your career. I know 40 years is a long time, and you have lots of stories. Uh, what maybe, maybe one of your most funny stories, a, a horror story, a most meaningful moment, um, anything come into mind that you can, you can share mm-hmm. with us? Maybe one of the most meaningful things was one of my most meaningful experiences was when we went to Scotland mm. and to take 15 kids from the city of Detroit out of the country for over two weeks. I think we were in Scotland for 14 days. And for them to have that experience, to, to be immersed in this other culture, uh, and to have the opportunity to perform and then to be written about in the paper and to be, you know, to be reviewed, to watch them grow and blossom beyond that point was so meaningful. Um, when we came back, we had many, many experiences when we were at the Fringe Festival. And they were all basically positive. Um, But when we came back to the States, I saw those kids get off the plane and they fell literally on their knees. I have a picture from a newspaper because the press was there to meet us. And they fell on their knees and they were like kissing the ground little chocolate children from the city of Detroit (laughs) kissing the ground (laughs) at the Detroit airport because they were thankful to be home, but to have had the experience of going away and the support of this city, I was overwhelmed. You know, it was overwhelming. And that particular group, I call them the Scotland Project, almost every one of them is now in the industry uh, very successfully. That's the group that had Dominique in it, Mm. that had Cornelius Smith, that have, um, of course, I can't remember anyone's name, Uh, (laughs) Angela Lewis, who's on Snowfall. All of those kids who went to Scotland with me are now on television or film or in theater, they're all doing something. It just really, they, they stuck with it. Isn't it amazing what That's travel does for a kid? And what it, for anybody, yeah. really. I mean, getting out of your, your little bubble of where you're used to and where you're safe and seeing yeah. life that's different and, and how, that, how that does change yeah. you. Yeah, I, yeah. Have, I have a... Well, that's like... Huh? Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, like... Like, um, I don't know Ponytail's real name. Uh, what is it, Tamara? <laughs> Tamara, yeah. <laughs> like her. She just came to me. 
she was just some kid in the hall and we were rehearsing and she wanted to sit in on rehearsal. I'll never forget that. And we were going through choreography for a show and she said she wanted to dance and she got up there and she was shaking it up or whatever. And I thought this little girl has some talent here. And she was just wandering the halls of Cass Tech. There was an eight story building that she could have been lost in and she got found and, and it opened up a whole different world for her because I started taking her home. She didn't live far from where I lived. And I thought she's over here in the hood, you know, living this, this other life. And now I look at her and here she is, you know, she goes to New York. She's in AMDA. She's, you know, doing, doing shows and, Having a life, it just opened up her world. And she could have been a statistic mm-hmm. very easily. It's just amazing to me. Yeah. I, uh, I, when I first got to um, the last school that I taught at, I was there for 12 years. Um, and I, I had the good fortune of, of starting that program and, and building it up. And our very first year, we only had freshmen and sophomores. And each year after that, we added... <laughs> We added until we had all four classes, and yeah. uh, I took a trip to New York um, that first year with my mm-hmm. kids. And three of those, three of I think it's three, three of those kids, four of them, three of them um, are working in theater. Um, one of them is is mm-hmm. is a working actor in New York, and he stays busy. He's about to be in uh, Bad Out of Hell that's opening up soon. Um, but he's done uh-huh. numerous things. He was on the national tour of Memphis. I mean, just tons of things. And another one that was yeah. a prof- professional stage manager, yeah. another one who works in California as an actor. Yeah. So they, uh, I, I had dinner with um, the kid in New York and we were having dinner and he said, I just want you to know that my life changed when you took me on that trip. And he oh, said, man. he said, look yeah. at me now. I am here because yeah. you opened that door for me. And I was like bawling over dinner. I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah. That's what, you know, isn't that something? You know, you're a teacher and you, you go in the classroom and you don't expect, you, you just hope that you keep the kids safe and they learn something besides their name and someone else's phone number. And when, you know, when you're able to open the doors for them, Oh man. I, I, I just I think we because I, I'm very I think I'm I'm a lot like you in that I, we don't see the the profound effect that we have sometimes. Um and yeah. we, we go in and we're we're doing this is what we love to do. It's my job, it's my career. I come here every day. This is what I yeah. do. And I, I come into my classroom and I teach stage right and stage left. That this is what I do. But we do so That's much more it. than that. Yeah. We do so much more. And and being now at the university level, training theater teachers, I I see the, the freshmen come in and they they have been so profoundly impacted by their high school theater teachers and their middle school and elementary if they had the the good fortune of having that. Mm-hmm. But they want they want to be what that person was for them for someone else. So I, it's, yeah. it's easy for us to underestimate the work that we do, but it's so important and, and it is making a difference. So thank you for what you do with your kids and what, what you did with them and what you continue to do. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with, 
with a such a wonderful career that you've had, what what did you, what did you do to take care of yourself emotionally and physically to want to continue to go to work and do what you did every day for those 40 years? What did I do? <laughs> did you did you take care of yourself? How how did you like did you have any self-care practices that you did? No. I uh uh-uh. I went to work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that was it. My my uh no, no, there was no thing. I didn't, you know, I was not like an active mindfulness practitioner mm-hmm. or anything like that, even though I know the importance of the breath. I mean, I do that stuff, but that was not, I wouldn't say to people, now this is what you do mm-hmm. in order to last and no, I don't, I didn't have any rituals, no routine. I'm, I'm, I was a single mother of two children who had to go to work, and I was blessed to have a job that was in an area that I loved. And so it was all, it just, it just all worked together. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's those kids and, and, and what you did with them that kept you going. Yeah, that's right. And loving what it you're doing, you, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I um, I you know, I have um, I just had back surgery, a surgery on my spine, and I <laughs> I told someone, yeah, I broke my back working with those kids for all those years, <laughs> carrying all their problems, all of their issues. <laughs> but <laughs> and maybe I should have taken better care of my back. No. Um, but there was nothing that I really did or nothing specific other than to make sure that I kept enjoying what I was doing. And that's also how I knew it was time to retire. Mm-hmm. Because one morning, and I, I had always said, when I wake up, the day I wake up and I go, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I want to do this. That's the day I know it's time to retire. Because prior, I knew every day that I got up, I always looked forward to getting up and let me get up. I want to go to work. I have to see these kids. I have to do this thing. And then that day came and I, one day I woke up and it was like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's worth it. I started questioning things. Hmm. And, I, and that's when I knew it was time for me to leave. And you know when you say, well, it used to be. We, we, this is how we used to do it. It used to be. <laughs> I said, no, I don't want to be that teacher who's living in the past and doing things the way they used to be, especially with theater, because it is so much a representation of our lives, where we are and where we are going. And I don't want to be that teacher that gets us stuck in the past. Hmm. Time to go. Time to retire. Yeah, my mentor, uh, my mentor from my student teaching. She, I talked with her a while back, and she that that was a very similar thing she said because she's she's now retired, and she said, "When I get up, and it's not fun anymore, it's time for me to get out." Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. We, yeah. There's, yeah, yeah. 
Well, what are you doing now in retirement? So, <laughs> funny that you should ask. Um, I am. I have a, a company with two of my former students, two guys. We're trying to create um, opportunities here in the city where you can have good theater in the hood. We want something good in the hood. <laughs> And not, you know, so not urban theater, so to speak, uh-huh. but we're doing traditional work. Um, we have a building that we got and sort of gut it out and put a stage in there. So I'm doing that with them. And we've done three shows so far. They've all sold out. We've gotten some recognition and support for that. I give acting lessons here in my home people contact me they'll say you know can can I work with you so I help them with you know preparing their sides and different monologues and uh, for different camps there are various camps across the city and you know when people call I'll go Mm mm-hmm I'm still kind of teaching, but not with any kind of regularity. It's like every six weeks or so. <laughs> like I'm going tomorrow down to Southern Methodist University. And I'm go- I have a student who's doing a play at the Dallas Center. So I'm going to see her, a former student, two former students are in this play. And then I'm going to do a workshop on the campus. Well, what what's the name of your theater company so we can we can advertise for you a little bit? Oh, it's B M A, and it's just for our last names. It doesn't mean anything deep. Okay, Bellamy McCormick and Atkins, but it's B M A Entertainment. All right. Well, do you have a website? And <laughs> the boys are making one. Okay. Even as we speak. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we will. Definitely keep. Oh, and we have an Instagram. All right. Yeah. So if if people put in like BMA Detroit, it'll it'll pop up. All right. Make sure people know about no, that. I'm and... not good at it. That. I, you know, I told you technology is not my thing, but I know that they're doing it. I know it's on there somewhere. Well, I will make sure we we talk about that and 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 put that information out there for folks. Yeah. One of my partners was nominated. It was in Choir Boy, so he was uh, nominated for with the Tonys last night. And the other partner, Heron Atkins, just received a fellowship for writing with the. Um, oh shoot, I can't think of the name of it. It has something to do with the Signature Theater, or. But anyway, my partners are my former students who are also living and making, earning uh, a wage in New York. And uh, it just shows you, like, I, I love the fact that we are still bonded. We are still together, even though they've graduated, gone to college, and they're men. <laughs> well, and, and you had a hand in that, and that you... I know yeah. you. I know you take pride in that, even when you're not willing to toot your yeah. own horn. You know, you you had a hand in that. 
Yeah. How about that? Okay. <laughs> so my final two questions are, are what I ask everyone on the podcast. Um, the first one is what is or was a resource that you currently use or used in your classroom that theater teachers have to know about? I think um, Springboard, that organization that is part a part of the American Theater Wing. Every theater teacher should know about Springboard because they are so connected to everything else, it seems to me, that will get you from one level to the next. You know, if you have a program that you're trying to grow, Springboard will help you do that. They can put you in touch with different resources. They are willing to, yeah, it's just a really good organization. They provide material and they're there to help. That sounds and like Andrew a- Lloyd Webber gives them money and he's got a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Andrew does. Well, that, that's definitely one that I, I'll check out. So thank you for that. And my final question. Yeah, if he, you didn't know about it. I did not. I knew, I knew the American theater wing. Um, and I, I guess I just didn't dig yeah. around enough and find that, but I will definitely check that out. So thank you. Check out springboard. They, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing program. And they will, if you have any kind of question or any kind of need, they can help you. Fabulous. And my final question for you is, what are your parting words of wisdom to uh, new teachers or even veteran teachers um, in the field? I say to the kids all the time, good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good gets better and your better gets best, I would say the same thing to teachers. You know, we go in there with the desire in our heart to make a change in children's lives, and that's good. But work for better and then make that the best. Just keep working, keep working. Keep your shoulder to the plow, you know? Mm. I wouldn't be who I am and what I am if it wasn't for my students. It's because of them that I am. And, and I, I want people to know that, mm-hmm. to understand I am because those kids are, you know, they pushed me. They had the desire. They, you know, they had needs. And because of them, that's why I exist. And, you know, so I'm just thankful that I had the students that I had and that they were willing to do all that they did and do still to this day, to this day, I was blessed. I've been blessed. Well, thank you so much for, for talking with me today. I really, I really, really appreciate it. And, um, I, I, in digging around and, and reading about you and, and rewatching your, uh, your acceptance speech, uh, I, I, I knew this was going to be a good conversation because all those things inspired me and, uh, I hope it, your words and, 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 your whole life and career will continue to be an inspiration to people. So thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You be encouraged too. Well, thank you. If you you need anything, call me. I sure will. Thank you so much for talking with me. I really, really, really mean that. Okay. You're welcome. All right. Good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good gets better and your better is best. Thank you, Marilyn McCormick for chatting with me. 
was she not just delightful? Just so sweet and uh, so many, so much wisdom and then just a wonderful, vibrant energy. And you could just hear in her voice the passion she has for what she did with her kids and what she's continuing to do um, in theater and, 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 and with her former students and, and just the difference that she's continuing to make. So Marilyn McCormick, thank you so much for chatting with me. It was a true pleasure and uh, I am happy to call you a friend and know that I can reach out anytime I need anything. So thank you so much. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for for joining us again for season two. If this is your first time checking us out, please make sure you go back and check out the the, the first season, uh, those 16 episodes uh, that happened back in the spring. So please check those out. Uh, again, visit our website, www.thedtalks.com. That's T-H-E-D-T-A-L-K-S.com. Uh, you can find all of our show transcripts, the archives of our past episodes, and the all of the resources from each of the teachers who have had on the program. Uh, Please go on your favorite podcast provider uh, to subscribe, rate, and review our show. Uh, Fed Talks, you can find us on Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Podcasts on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, AnyPod, and TuneIn. Be sure you check all of those out. And more importantly than just subscribing, rating, and reviewing is sharing the podcast with those theater teachers and theater students in your world who you think can benefit from what we're doing here. Contact me at email fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on all your favorite social media. Please follow us and and keep up to date with what we're doing. I do share articles on there. I share pictures and quotes from all of our our guests and and just anything that I find of interest to theater teachers. So please check it out on Twitter at theateredtalks, on Tumblr, fedtalks.tumblr.com. You can find us on Facebook. There's a group, the Fed Talks, and Instagram at fedtalkspodcast. Again, the website, www.fedtalks.com. Thank you, Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schusterman, for the use of your original song, Magnetize, for the show music. Joel is a former student of mine who uh, graciously allowed me to use his music, and I'm very grateful. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week where I have another episode, and uh, we have lots of great things coming up, so do not miss a single episode. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week with your kids.